everybody. Welcome to Save Your Sorry, the podcast where we discuss the rise and fall of your favorite or rather least favorite celebrities. I am your host, Katrina Rochelle, here with my co-host and best friend, Jose Angel. And today we bring you our long-awaited book episode. Yes, the book club is back. Back like we never left, even though we left, but we came back. (laughs) (laughs) And today we're talking about Leah Remini's book, Troublemaker, Surviving Hollywood, and Scientology. Woo! This was a goodie. (laughs) Oh, I'm glad you liked it. Um, Do you want to give any other opinions before we go in? Uh, I will say before, I knew of Leah Remini because of King of Queens, even though I did not like that show. I just thought she was very beautiful. Of course, she was on my radar. Um, and then all the years later, when I saw her doing the Leaving Scientology series, I figured out that she used to be in it, but I still didn't even know much about her history with it or her like personal history. So this book really told me and showed me a lot. So that's pretty much it as far as like overarching opinions before we get to like our final things. Yeah, I do want to say her. We say this a lot because we've been so fortunate on the ones we were picking. The audio just makes it so much better. Yes. And I think it's my favorite audiobook so far. I also think I usually when I read a new memoir, I've because I've read this one before, this is like what I the standard is. This is Ooh, what I that. hold all the memoirs to. Them other shitty ass memoirs <laughs> I've been through with nothing compared to Leah. I, I hear you. I hear you. I'm and mad at that. She, she was. It was. It was one of my favorite audiobooks too. Yeah, I just I love how she tells the story. I love when she is cussing in the story and like saying what she told someone because it's so believable. And I honestly feel like I'm just listening to a friend talk when I'm listening to her book. Mm-hmm. But right as the book starts, Leah comes out swinging. She says she is an asshole, an adulterer. She craves attention. She says her mom was a slut in her younger days and that her husband was a serial cheater. And she's telling us all this because she knows once this book comes out, Scientology is going to try and use these things against her to discredit her. So she sets it all on the table before they have a chance to. Mm-hmm. She also tells us that she is now an SP or a suppressive person, which is a term in Scientology used as a way to define people not in Scientology that kind of talk bad about it and don't want you to grow. And therefore, no person in Scientology can talk to Leah or even read her book. Yeah, but we know, we know they was reading. some of them had to but she does give examples throughout the book of like when something comes up like an email or something from an sp and people are like nope can't read that yeah and even her at a time was like no and leah talks about her childhood saying her mom was kind of like a hippie and while she was a stay-at-home mom she didn't cook and she was just like a free spirit leah's dad was always yelling at them calling them idiots or stupid or just being verbally abusive And while he never hit Leah, he would slap her older sister, Nicole. Leah was afraid of her father. She tells the story about her father buying her a doll and it was supposed to be like a surprise. So he leaves it in her seat at the dinner table in a bag. And she just like panics because she doesn't know what's in the bag. And she starts to cry because in her mind, she thinks she's in trouble or she's being set up or something. Yeah. Even when you're trying to be nice, you still seem you still come off as an asshole. Yeah, because it's that history of 
he of him yelling at her or going off about something. And didn't he like make her feel bad when she was like kind of freaked out a little bit? Yeah, he did. He's like, what's wrong with you? Leah's mom and dad would end up divorcing and her mom would soon find another man. He told the girls he wasn't there to replace their dad and would talk to them like grown-ups instead of calling them names and yelling at them. And their mom tells them it's because he's in Scientology and she joins as well. Vicky is the mom's name. Vicky starts going to Scientology classes and with Scientology, it's not just a Sunday church thing. You're expected to go every day. Yeah. So she's talking to the, she's taking these classes and she's using what she's learning to talk to her daughters. So Leah tries to test it. She tells her mom that she's offered to give boys hickeys if they're willing to steal her three pairs of leg warmers. <laughs> After seeing the movie Flashdance, she wanted leg warmers in every color. And Vicky tells her she knows stealing is bad and gives her like a Scientology pamphlet or something to look over. But she didn't get in trouble. So Leah's like, well, what does Scientology say about coming home to your kids? Because every evening, Vicky has to go to New York City to attend Scientology classes. And Vicky just tells them, if, if you guys want, you can come to classes too. And they take her up on that offer. And they go through exercises or TR, which stands for training routines. How did you feel about all the vocabulary in this book, the Scientology terms? <laughs> I was like, do they do all this shit to confuse a bitch? Because I am confused sometimes. Sometimes I just knew that this was a bad thing. This was a good thing. This was you moving up the ladder. Yeah, like a lot of them, I forgot what it meant, the letters. I'm like, okay, let me look again what this is or Google what this means in Scientology. Yeah, that's so funny you saying TR was training routines because I just remember TR. I didn't even remember it being defined. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's nothing on Leah's fault. Like, her fault as an author because she does explain it to us it's just mm -hmm. you have to remember that because it does come up repeatedly yeah cc audit sea org <laughs> bitch what huh yeah <laughs> i think the first time i kept hearing sea org i was like so confused and i don't even know if it was like in this book but or another thing that i was looking at but sea org i was like are they really on a ship like what's going on <laughs> No bullshit, my dumbass brain. Even though I knew it was wrong, every time I read or every time I heard the word Sea Org, I just think of Sea World. <laughs> Especially when they were down in Florida, I was just like, "Yep, Sea World." Mm -hmm. They're at Sea World. That's where she's working. Yep, that's where she at. So they do these exercise TRs, and Nicole and Leah, Nicole, the older sister, and Leah, is sitting across from each other with their eyes closed, not moving, and then with their eyes open. And then if they move, like wiggle their toes or just fidget, they flunk. The point is to make them not so reactionary and be comfortable with saying in silence when confronting someone. Then they up it to saying comments to each other. Nicole knows how to get under Leah's skin, talks about her appearance, if she's throwing a pimple. And Leah would learn to not react, even though it still hurt her feelings. Mm-hmm. And Nicole got her own struggles. When a coach would do the practice with her, he would say, you have nice tits or something like that. And keep in mind, Nicole's just a teenager and this is a grown-ass man. I, I hated that part. It was weird. I was like, yeah, whatever. Y'all doing this for the for the children's uh, best interest of not reacting. Why such vulgar material towards a child? Yeah, and Leah does say that in Scientology, they are not really treated as children because they kind of believe in this reincarnation thing where the soul's, like, old. So 
I don't know. I just that's a huge red flag to me. Like not treating children as children. Yeah, the, yeah. Well, I, I'll I'll say how I feel as we go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the grown man would say nice tits, and she would react and flunk until she didn't. The girls would hear people saying to them, "You're too young to be in her cult," or her dad would bash them for it, or their mom. And to Leah, this just proves that they were SPs. Like they don't want them to become better in life. They don't want them to advanced in Scientology, so it's proving everything Scientology is saying. Leah's mom and stepdad are approached by Scientology to join Sea Org, which is Scientology's branch that is on a ship, and it's like for the higher-ups. Okay. So the family moves down to Florida, I think, but the stepdad stays behind to earn some money before the move. At this time, Vicky had just had a baby. To work for the Sea Org, the girls had to sign a contract that they would be with Scientology for a billion years. So not just in this lifetime, in several. Yeah, like what type of shit is that? That's already telling me you ain't about the right. What? The, how can I promise you time I don't even know I would ever have again? Yeah, and as a child, even I did it in Scientology. They're not children, technically, but whatever. Yeah, I'm going to get you while you're young and treat you like an adult. Just the stuff that you wanted, you want to be seen as, but you really don't get any good benefits. Yeah, but their mom was unable to sign because she had done LSD a decade ago, which I don't know what Scientologists hang up where LSD is, but it makes me question if she was deemed unworthy, what was the point of asking them if you know, to join the Sea Org. If, was it, like, solely for the girls to sign up? Probably. Yeah, young it, souls it, to sacrifice. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought. Like, it's, they get them young so they have them longer and more brainwashed. Mm-hmm. You get them young, you can't, they don't do, they don't have as many questions as the people who are older or adults and come into it. They've already been taught this is just the right thing to do and this is what we do and this is how it is. So shut the fuck up. Yeah, because if you remember, there is a little passage in the book where Leah says there's like a statue or something of L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology, mm-hmm. and she writes a note to him and it comes like... Type back. Yeah, type back, but then his signature is actually signed on there and she mm-hmm. actually believes that he wrote it to her. Yeah, poor little So that is, that is something like, you know, a child would believe, but not an adult. Poor little stupid Leah. <laughs> <laughs> And Scientology persuaded Vicky by telling her Nicole could be a lawyer for Scientology and Leah could be an actress, things the girls wanted to be. And at the age of 13, Leah is assigned a job of being in charge of the Sandcastle Hotel crew, which is a lot of responsibility for a 13-year-old. But again, they are viewed as adults, so not really children. Leah wanted to reward her crew, so she tells them if they clean if they can clean faster and get compliments, they can go to the pool of the hotel they are cleaning. And they accomplish their task, but when a man, a higher up named Mike Corelli, a senior member of Scientology, walks by and sees them, he gets angry and tells them they are not supposed to sit in a public place and that the hotel is for paying members, not for them. It didn't really say, but I don't like can they not sit in public anywhere? <laughs> like if they're in the Sea Org? I, I think it's like you, you cannot be seen, period, if you are not on the clock. Yeah, it, that was weird to me. Um, but that also, he, hold on, that also made me think like, y'all talking about y'all treating these kids as an adult, but y'all really ain't. Y'all had people looking out for them. How you find these motherfuckers r- lounging so fast? 
<laughs> it seems I, like y'all y'all put these people in important positions, but in reality, they you were only giving them an, enough rope to hang themselves until you really wanted to catch them. They maybe. weren't truly by themselves, I don't think. We do learn later that a uh, common thing in Scientology is reporting on each other, so maybe someone reported them. True as well. And Mike tells them to meet him at the docks and takes them out on a boat. And is trying to tell Leah why she's wrong. And she's just not going for it. She won't give him the yes, sir, he wants. Yeah. And she says that she's doing what L. Ron Hubbard would have wanted by rewarding her crew. So he tosses her into the water. And this is something practiced in Scientology called overboarding. And it's a form of discipline where they just throw you off the boat. Yeah, that's a crazy ass lesson. It is crazy, especially at 13. Leah describes this water as choppy waters. Mm -hmm. And luckily, she is able to swim. But did did he know that for a fact before throwing this 13-year-old girl (laughs) in the ocean? Exactly. But he does pull her back onto the boat. But Mike didn't get the yes, sir, he wanted. And Leah and Nicole want actual jobs on the Sea Org, not just cleaning hotels. They're living in dorms with other girls. The nursery where their sister, Shannon, the baby, stays at from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. while everyone is working is run by a teenage girl who left the baby with dirty diapers. And when they try to complain, Vicky was threatened that she could lose her job or be demoted. But she still complained and they told her to file a report, but nothing happened. Yeah, it is so crazy. I'm sorry. Just to cut you off real quick. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. It's crazy how when they were first in Scientology, how they tried to do everything. I mean, they still did try to do everything right throughout their time there, but they tried to do everything right regarding getting like help for just their sister. And it was like, yeah, you need to stop meddling. Let her do whatever she's going to do and mistreat these children. But later when it's like small things, like maybe I talked to the person and said hi to the wrong person or opened the door for the wrong person. They'd be like, girl, you got to sit here and donate all this money. And I want to see you in three training classes, three times a week. And man, they weren't even policing the babysitters back then. No, no. And it is with every class. It's, it costs money. Like that's kind of what's crazy about this religion. That if you want to learn more and advance more, you have to pay. Sounds like a cult. And at this time, Leah, as a housekeeper, she's only making $15 a week. Yes, they are being fed and housed, but $15 for spending money is just insane. Uh-huh. Yep, they still want to advance. They know it can be, it can get better. And at this time, their stepdad has left the family by cheating on their mom. Yeah, um, I hated that. I did too, but kind of like crazy theory, which I don't know if it's true or not. It doesn't, like nothing gives evidence to this in the book. But Scientology, Leah talks about how they always have to recruit people. What if he's just like a recruiter? I mean, maybe, but well, hmm, that's a hell of a way to recruit. Like maybe he wasn't Disguise yourself into this family. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's when they really should have left. That's when they should have left and they thought of leaving, but now they had no home to go back to. The girls didn't want to move back in with their bio dad because he is not with Scientology and he calls them cunts and other names. I know. I know. So, it was a bad situation. Yeah, so they dive further into Scientology because this is the thing that's supposed to give them all the answers to life. So, why not? So, the sisters start advancing in Scientology. They are on course, which... 
means they're doing things correctly. But then the ethics officer calls them down and they are shown knowledge reports, which is a report someone told on you. And this is encouraged. If you don't tell, you're an accessory of doing something wrong. And by telling on them, you're freeing them to get back onto course. Mm-hmm. The reason they are in trouble is Leah let a boyfriend touch her boobs and Nicole has had sex which Leah says was not true. An investigation is put into place and they find some clothes that they deemed inappropriate as evidence. The girls are to be sent to RPF, which stands for Rehabilitation Project Force. And Leah says, while doing RPF, no matter your ranking in Scientology, you are seen as below every other member and had to call them sir or mister. Mm-hmm. You had to run everywhere you went and got like the shittiest job assi- assignments. You couldn't speak unless spoken to. You had to wear all black to be identified. And this was... And there was no time limit. It could be for months or it could possibly be for years or until the higher-ups decided you learned your lesson. Yeah. And this is when I knew. I mean, I kind of knew from just hearing about Scientology all these years. But at, at that point in the book is when I knew it was like, this is definitely some culty, scammy, nobody really wins unless you're chosen type of religion. Because yes. with this whole knowledge report thing, it encourages you to lie. I don't care whatever it says, snitch, not. Nah. It encourages you to lie because if they don't get the answer that they want, they will twist their arm until you give them the answer that they want, until you incriminate whoever they want incriminated, until you incriminate yourself, you admit it yourself, or you you snitch on somebody else that they don't like and maybe puts them into a position. Because the thing is, it's like, even when they were being honest, they didn't believe them. And when they were being truthful, they pushed them even more to say more to admit to more whether it was true or not they just wanted more information and it's there's no there's no way to win unless you're just not the chosen person which obviously we learn about who was chosen later yeah and we do see other tactics of that coming into play of they pretty much get you to say what they want to say and it just becomes the truth like no matter what Mm-hmm. Or if you don't say exactly what they want you to say, they frame it like, are you going against the church? Yeah, are you becoming an SP? Yeah, mm-hmm. can't win. For Vicky, this was like a hard no. It's too much. And she says they're going to leave Sea Org. They are still in Scientology, but Sea Org is for the best of the best, and they are not it. Leah's friend tells her she has too much of a strong personality, and that's not really a good thing at Sea Org. Which, if you've seen any clip of Leah Remini, you know she has a strong personality. (laughs) Definitely. From here, they do move to L.A. Leah was around the ninth grade, but while at Sea Org, her education was more about Scientology, not the standard school thing. So, she's not able to get into the ninth grade. Being held back, she convinces her mom to let her stop going. Yeah. Mother was making a lot of questionable choices for the last few years. Just a lot. I understand she was putting some bad positions, but still making not the best decisions as a mother, if I had to judge. Do you mean by letting them drop out of school? By letting them drop out, by continuing something that is only going to maybe come to fruition if everything lines up, like that whole... They could be this and that, but don't they need an education? I mean, Scientology can't 
do can't do everything. It ended up helping out, uh, helping them out a lot. But I just, I don't know. I just felt I, like there was not the best decision making made. I think while you're in the religion, though, it is framed as Scientology is the answer to everything, and you know, I was never in Scientology, but I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. And I remember my grandma always telling us, like, you don't have to go to college. Like, that's stupid. You'd learn everything from the Bible. Yeah, like, stuff but she like was that. in ninth grade. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I get you. I get what you're in saying. in Scientology eyes, they're seen as adults already. Yeah, so, so it's, it's like, like you, you don't really have to go to school if you don't want to. But it's also like, <clears throat> they weren't in this religion from birth. I mean... I don't know. I, I, uh. She does say later on that sometimes her mom would have her doubts, but she's already spent, you know, thousands of dollars to take classes. She's already been at this long. So turning back is kind of a hard decision at that point. I think when you're not in the religion, it's like easier to say like, no, like you're stupid for going along with it that long. But when you're in that deep, it's kind of hard. And gotta learn when to hold them, when to fold them. Uh-huh. <laughs> and... At this point, the family is also broke. The courses they were taking at the Sea Org were free, but now that they left, they owe what is called a freeloader's debt that they had to be put on a payment plan for. And, you know, they also have to pay for the new courses that they're going to take. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> Leah gets a job as a telemarketer, but she's not good at it. Calling one guy back after he hung up on her just to go off on him. <laughs> and she soon gets fired. Leah was soon pursue being an actress, being an agent, and they told her to lose the accent because she does have a very strong Brooklyn accent and it's not suitable for every role. And what the fuck did they know? <laughs> like, yeah, for at, real? At first she says that she will try, but then is told by a vocal coach she should try to keep it just because it would make her more, like, stand out. Mm-hmm. And Leah gets set up for a casting director, John Levy, and they're just talking and shooting the shit and it's going really well and leah thinks it's the audition for head of class the tv show but then he says okay now are you ready and it throws her off and so now the confident funny leah is shaking and quiet and the audition doesn't last long and john tells her she's cute but she's a little too new leah would later call john after getting his number through information and apologize and ask for another chance and he agrees. Leah's agent, Natalie, hears about this, and she calls Leah and says if she ever harasses the casting director again, she's going to get dropped. And Leah gets pissed off and doesn't go to her audition, thinking mm-hmm. John is the biggest asshole in history, and she's going to slam his name every chance she gets. Then he calls her, and she starts going off, and he tells her he didn't say that he was, that she was harassing him. He just called to confirm the appointment and that her agent is mad because... Things aren't done this way, but he liked that she had the balls to call. Yeah. As we see, the people in Scientology say, if you don't do things the way we want you to, when we say and and how we want it, bitch, you can get silenced. <laughs> that is true. She doesn't get that part, but she gets more auditions. One for a small one-line role in Head of Class. But she keeps trying to make it to make herself stand out, like, do a wink or do a dramatic pause and the directors weren't happy with it almost getting recast mm-hmm. <laughs> she does use some of her scientology courses to help her get better at acting applying tone scales which is how they judge your voice and using that to make her voice sound more confident or whatever she wants it to sound like she gets a role on living dolls a spin-off of who's the boss 
even though she's had 12 hour recording day, she was still expected to do two hours of Scientology stuff, which she did. And Living Dolls was canceled because of low ratings. And <laughs> did you ever watch that? No, never heard about it. Me neither. She gets small roles here and there, but someone she keeps bumping into is Jennifer Aniston. They auditioned for a similar parts, and Leah says, while well, most actresses didn't want to talk, thinking other actresses were trying to psych them out, Jennifer was always nice. So much so, when they both auditioned for Cheers, Leah said, fuck, I hope you don't get this one. I need to pay my rent. And Jennifer replied with a smile and said, I hope you did it then. Which is a class act thing to do. I mean, could you imagine 90s, 90s Jennifer Aniston saying that little pre-Rachel Bob? <laughs> Girl, I fall in love low-key. Uh-huh. Leah has always made friends with Jennifers. <laughs> yes, she has. <laughs> One thing I've really loved about this book is Leah intertwines her Scientology stories with her celebrity stories because it was happening at the same time. But for me, it definitely made it more interesting. Yeah, because for at least me, I only got to see her celebrity side, like her getting these roles and being on these shows. I never knew about all the other stuff. Yeah, like you, I was never, I never knew she was into Scientology until she left. Mm -hmm. And she does talk about auditing, which is used which is using an e-meter to read your emotions to see hidden pain, stress, or anxiety. They can ask you about anything, and if the needle moves in a way that they say you have negative emotions for, you have to keep on expanding on it. If there is something you want to talk about that doesn't set off the e-meter, you just have to move on. It can take 20 minutes or hours, and you're expected to do 12 and a half hours a week of auditing. Which... Okay. <laughs> yeah. Another great thing that Leah does in this book is she doesn't 100% bash Scientology. She tells you the reasons behind everything and what they're supposed to be helping with. But auditing might help with those hidden stressors. But it's also a way that Scientology gathers information about you. Yeah. Now in her 20s, Leah is promiscuous. She says she wasn't taking randoms home, but she wasn't being faithful either. And she would dump a guy for small things like socks and sandals or for their cologne, really anything. Yeah, she, she said, I don't, don't want to be in love. I don't want to <laughs> be in love. She was looking for a guy that's kind of damaged that would want to join Scientology to get better. <laughs> yes. And she found that man in Angelo. He was a singer at a nightclub, and he passed all her tests. He asked her to dance, and she's Going over the checklist, he smells good, looks good, wears black socks with black shoes, which is important to her. Yes. She tells them at their first interaction that he is going to get laid right away. <laughs> <laughs> but they are also going to get married one day. Yeah, that shit was hilarious. Talking about, you're going to get married one day. Also, you're going to get laid tonight. Don't even worry. <laughs> Don't even worry about that part. <laughs> and Angelo tells her he's already kind of married, meaning separated. But they start dating, but Angelo can never stay over for one reason or another, saying he has his three kids or he has to get up in the morning, something like that. Mm -hmm. And finally, he confesses that he is a cheater and is still married. And Leah is like, great, perfect. He's fucked up. He's perfect for me. But he loves me. Yeah. So she tries to convert him. 
She does, and she convinces him to take some Scientology courses, and he does, and gets into it, and starts telling her everything, and Leah is just head over heels about him. Her mom, though, ain't feeling it. She's disgusted by what, by what Leah is doing, and this snaps Leah out of it, and she realizes she doesn't have any respect for marriage, and she's, in fact, ruining one. Mm-hmm. So she goes to the church, and they say they were give couples counseling to Angelo and his wife, and Leah will have to pay for it. That was cr- First of all, <laughs> ain't nobody even told you to confess. Shut your ass up, Leah. <laughs> but, I mean, th- that tells you how much she bought into this bitch. She said, I'm, I'm gonna confess my sins. Uh-huh. I wouldn't have. And then no. she had to pay for it? Pay Fuck for it, and me. then she had to sit down with the wife and yeah. the wife just goes off on her. Crazy. I, I did think the pain for counseling was kind of cruel. Like, I can see, like, okay, you you can't talk to him. I can see that. That's understandable. Bitch, the sit down was unnecessary. <laughs> I brought him back to you, nigga. <laughs> Calm the fuck down. Yeah. Angela would end up leaving his wife because he started realizing he's not the only one with issues in this marriage. His wife had some, too. And he calls up Leah and they get back together. Yeah, his wife was like, uh, you can have you a girlfriend. A girlfriend don't mean that you gotta leave your house. And crazy ass, cheating ass. What's his name? Angelo? Angelo. I feel like it should be like Whisper, just how she describes him when they first came. Angelo. Angelo. He was like, I know I've been cheating, but I actually want to be better. I thought that, I'm going to tell you this, even though I knew Leah was married, the shock, I I couldn't remember her husband's name. So the shock was learning that this eventually (laughs) became her fucking husband. Because I said, there's no fucking way that this is the man that she met. She's talking about it. This is a heartbreak story. She's telling us her first big heartbreak. Not her first fucking heartbreak slash marriage. She did say that it was not the traditional love story. She did. She did warn us in the beginning of the book that her husband is a serial cheater. And she's also. I just, for some reason, I just totally forgot about that part. But it's like, I mean, that'll tell you right there. Everybody. Everybody, you don't everybody don't bring the best out of everybody you gotta be with you gotta be willing to uh work on yourself but also be with somebody who encourages you to be better yeah. I think she let him go because then it's obviously because she let him go it encouraged him to figure out his own shit and eventually be better to come back to her definitely i i think if she didn't let him go that they would I, not be married to this day mm-hmm, probably a up and down relationship that was a whole bunch of drama. Yeah, we can thank Scientology for that. Ain't that a bitch. <laughs> this is also the time Leah gets King of Queens. While the show was successful, she does talk about it not winning awards or even being nominated. Yeah. And that they never got too comfortable thinking it will end and their time slots already always being moved around. And she talks about Kevin James, how they got along and how he would tell writers to give Leah the joke instead of him. So she would also have her moments to shine. And while she felt very close to her castmates, when Scientology came up, she always felt uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like she's this big personality who is hilarious and friendly and open until the the topic of religion and or Scientology comes up. Uh-huh. It's like she grows cold at the mention, even though this is like what she loves and believes in. She just does not like being confronted with it in public with non 
believers, essentially. Which Leah is kind of a special case in how she frames it, because a lot of the people who are in Scientology just associate with other people in Scientology, and she's always had that, like, outside friends. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why it's kind of weird for her. In her personal life, Leah would get married with Angelo because the church wanted her to set a good example. She would get pregnant and gain 80 pounds. (laughs) At this point, these chapters were the funniest to me, talking about the doctor couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl at the first ultrasound, and Leah thinking... Either the kid has a small penis or the biggest vagina. Oh and if my it was, God. <laughs> if it was a boy, she would have to tell him how to use it. And if it was a girl, <laughs> they'd have to talk about it too. That was hilarious. Yeah, I just... She just really shines throughout this book with her comedy. Leah talks about silent births. That Scientology thinks that births should be silent so the baby doesn't get negative words that would have adverse effects on them later in life. And mm. Leah says that once the baby Sophia was born, she... W- invited everyone over because as soon as nightfall happened, the baby would cry nonstop. So having guests over could help with that. He said, come at 5 p.m., 6 p.m. <laughs> the later, the better. She also talks about how as Sophia grew, she kind of, she realized she did not like playing with her child. She loved, she loved her child. She loved taking care of her child. She loved spending time with her child. But play wasn't a thing that she liked to do. I don't know. Um, I guess she put it in there. That's why I like this book so much because she does not, you know, there's no reason she had to include that. Yeah, I just she's feel just like giving you the real of how yeah. she actually was feeling. Because I feel like a lot of people would see that, read that, and think, oh, she is a bad mom or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she says she's not, you know, the mother of the year. She never claims to be, but she does love her child. And a friend telling her, you know, you're her mother, not her playmate, really helped her with that. Mm-hmm. And that also helps the other mothers who are reading this who kind of went through the same thing as Leah or who are going through the same thing as Leah. Who yeah, maybe because... are having that hard time of connection with that part. But they know that they love their child. Yeah. Over the years, Leah says she only brought about five people to take Scientology courses. While she was pressured to recruit, she didn't really like to. Um, Sherry was a childhood friend of Leah's who has left Scientology, but when Sherry left, she was supposed to cut off contact with her if she was against Scientology, making her an SP. Leah didn't, though. Sherry and Leah never talked about Scientology until Sherry's brother, Stefan, left as well. And Stefan was an RPF for four years after getting on leader David... What's his last name again? Miskovich? Yeah, who's the current leader of Scientology's bad side. Um, Stefan's wife, Tanya, was encouraged to divorce Stefan, and when she didn't, she was demoted and punished as well. And Stefan was offered money if if he signed a contract saying he wouldn't contact anyone in Scientology again, including his wife. He signed just so he could get the contract, but then canceled the check and reached out to Leah. I think the intention was to get Leah to help Tanya out since she was a celebrity and close to David's wife, Shelly. Mm-hmm. But Leah was still deep in Scientology, so she left the meeting and refused to even look at the contract. Yeah, this is one of those situations where she was she's willing to bend the rules, but when directly confronted with breaking the rules, she clams up and is like, no, I got to do what's quote unquote right with and for Scientology. Yeah, because at this point, she's been in Scientology for like 20 something years, I think. Mm-hmm. Consistently in the classes, consistently giving money. Consistent. She said she was going to church almost every day to the point where 
she did she felt kind of embarrassed telling her husband how often she was at the church doing stuff yeah and leah talks about the money she's donated in scientology she started getting curious about where the money is going is it just to hand out pamphlets or is there any real help going on mm-hmm. how many fucking new books are we buying and for where and what yeah yeah she keeps donating money at the urging of people in scientology after she donated a million dollars she is finally on the level of tom cruise and Tom Cruise is like one of the highest, most public Scientology members. Yep. And usually when he goes to the celebrity center that Scientology has, they close it off. But now Leah is allowed to be in his circle. And she starts noticing things, though. Like that Sea Org members would be around when Tom had a dinner party. And Sea Org members are not supposed to like fraternize with regular people. I know they're all Scientology people, but like it's still a, a no-no. Yeah, just like you can't be out on the beach chairs. You can't be around the, the upper echelon. Yeah. Or how everyone tries to keep Tom happy, almost like a spo- spoiled child. Oh Tom wanting to play hide and seek, which Leah refused to do because she was in Jimmy Choo's. Uh, the or- real question is, did Jada Pinkett play? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, Jada when she was, was mentioned, I said, Jada, what the fuck are you doing playing hide and go seek with fucking Tom Cruise? Which Jada was not in Scientology, but I think they were being like courted to try to get them into Scientology. From what I was gathering, this was collateral The uh, when that movie was being shot. A collateral with uh, Jamie Foxx, Jada Pinkett. Oh. Um, some other people. And I feel like b- based on the stars, you could kind of guess the year of what was going on. She also talks about Tom yelling at his assistant, saying that he's like so much higher than them. Like he like breaks it down. Like Ron Hubbard is up at the top. Then it's David and him. And then like the assistant's like way at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then when Tom has his infamous couch moment on Oprah, where he jumped up and down on the couch, declaring he was in love. Leah thought it reflected bad upon Scientology members, but was just told she's the problem and that that why she why is she being mad at Tom for being happy and in love? Yeah, but I always was curious about that. What the fuck was up with that couch moment? <laughs> to this day, can't nobody point to why this weird straight lace buttoned up man started jumping on the couch for fucking Katie Holmes, who apparently has the personality of an almond. I'm just putting it out there. I said what I said. <laughs> Fuck Katie Holmes low key. Or why? I, I mean, why would a grown man want to play hide and seek with another grown adults? Yeah. Why like, is another grown man berating other people for for not having the cookie dough right in front of us a goddamn yeah it was hands. cookie dough that was in front of him that is why he was trying to assistant like so i i think the couch incident is like not even that weird now i think tom's just a weird dude and he's weird because scientology holds him up so high yeah he's uh very spoiled when Tom and Katie Holmes get married. Tom asks Leah to invite Jennifer Lopez. Her now, hus- this, oh, I'm sorry. I just want to say this, this this whole part of the book is where I was cringing the most. <laughs> I yeah. This is definitely like it's going down. Like every Leah's <laughs> yeah. realizing this is not what she thought it was. Exactly. Like the rose-colored glasses a little bit are coming off. Yeah. So he wants them to invite Jennifer Lopez and her husband at the time, Mark Anthony. 
Leah thought it was weird because those are Leah and Angelo's friends. Tom mm -hmm. and Katie Holmes barely knew them. But they invite them and they all go to the wedding, which was in Italy. And Leah sees not everything is as it seems. Um, she starts thinking it's like a PR thing, this wedding, just because they have them park when they get there. Like, they rope off the street so all the celebrities have to, like, walk to the restaurant so all the cameras can see them. Like, oh, look, there's J-Lo with all these Scientology people. There's Will Smith and Jada Pitta Smith. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, so it's like a PR thing for them. And... High-ranking members are there openly flirting and touching each other, even though they are married to other people. Mm -hmm. David's wife, Shelly, is not there. And when Leah asks where she is, people don't really have an answer. They just say, don't want to be part of this conversation, which that's weird as fuck. Imagine if you ask someone, hey, where's so-and-so? And they're just like, I don't want to be a part of this conversation. Don't ask me. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. what? It's crazy. Also, David's assistant might be inappropriately touching him, and she's seating where his wife should be. So, like, so it's almost like that's his date instead of his wife. Yep. Sea Org members are there, and they are drinking, which is a big no-no. You can't drink if you are in Sea Org. You can't even drink if you are going to be taking a course like 24 hours from then. So a lot of Scientology members don't drink that often. And for some reason, it seems like everyone is trying to separate Leah from Jennifer. Oh my gosh, yes! <laughs> yeah, it's like they try to get them away from each other, like move their seats and, you know, Leah's... Jennifer pretty much is telling Leah, why are they, like, not letting us sit together? Like, ask them if we can sit together. And uh -huh. then when that happens, then a higher up, like, Leah walks away... And a higher up is like in her chair trying to talk to Jennifer. And when they're all leaving to the wedding, like, you know, Jennifer's a big star. So she has security and all that. So they're like, Leah, come down. Like, you're supposed to come down with the Scientology members. And she's like, oh, I'm just going to come down with Leah because her security said give her a go ahead. They're in contact with the security at the wedding. So it's all planned out. And they're like, no, you have to come now. You have to come now. And Jennifer's like, who keeps texting you? Like, why, why are they trying to you know get you a go like tell them no we're going to come down when we come down mm -hmm. and leah's panic like like when a parent is telling you you got to do something but you're with your friends and she's like <laughs> oh, everything's okay it's fine uh-huh and every little thing leah does is met with some resistance she upgrades to a better room that she pays for and oh it's my. made into a big deal like why aren't you grateful for the room that he gave you and she's like grateful for what this is a wedding like i can get a better room if i want to and just stuff like that when the wedding is over j-lo gets a private jet instead of a chartered one that tom provided and invites leah but leah wants to get home to her child but when she goes to the one that Tom charted, she realizes everyone's kind of like shunning her. No one's talking to her. Everyone's looking away from her. So while in Italy, Leah wrote knowledge reports on the higher ups. Oh, wait, we wouldn't go mention the one little tidbit with Tom's kids. Oh, <laughs> I took that out. Oh, my gosh. I just had to say it because uh, I only see pictures of these little his little knucklehead. So I, I was when she, she had a little tidbit. I was like, ooh, about uh, asking them how they are and how their mother is. Nicole Kidman. Uh huh. <laughs> how what? It, I think it was the daughter who was more. Yeah, uh, it was the daughter. Mean. The son just looked on. Yeah, we don't talk. We we don't fucking talk. My mother's a fucking SP. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, sounds about right. 
<laughs> because everybody knows that Nicole Kidman has not talked to her other children that she had with uh, Tom Cruise since they got divorced. Yeah. And I always knew that there was something about it, but I just didn't think, I mean, of course, religion and faith is very strong, but I don't know. I just feel like if I really loved my mother and she wasn't a fucking terrible person, I would still be in contact with her, but I'm not a Tom Cruise child. Yeah, but if you're in contact with her, then you're losing out on your religion. Yeah, but honestly, I would, I don't know. I'm very, I've lived a different life. I haven't lived like these people. I'm very disillusioned by a lot of different things. So I would feel like, hey, a a religion that is supposed to show me and tell me all the answers and make me a better person for myself in the world would never want to do something so toxic and so like life-changing as to separate me from the people I love just because we can't agree on religion and spiritual things. Yeah. That's how I think. That's not what they are taught to think. You're thinking too rational. Exactly. Yeah. And Leah does like kind of question like why she doesn't, I don't think she questions the kids, but like in her head, she's like, why is Nicole Kidman an SP? Because she's never like done anything publicly against Scientology. Ever since she got pictured when her divorce was final, uh, fucking embracing the sun. Ugh. They they couldn't handle that shit. That bitch said she was free, and they hated it. As soon as I saw that picture, I'm like, Scientology's bad. If that if you can make her seem that free, like from divorcing Tom Cruise. Ever since I found out the context of that picture, I was like, bitch Nicole, you got me. I'm a fan I, for life. I love yeah. That's like my favorite picture. So Leah does write knowledge reports on the higher ups, and when she gets back to the state, she's called down to Clearwater to do ethics. And she finds out there are all these reports written on her saying she was drunk on the plane, even though she didn't drink, saying she was rude. And even Katie Holmes wrote one saying she found her behavior very upsetting and made the party about herself. Fuck Katie Holmes forever. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even, I took this out, but I do want to mention it. That whole baby Suri crying in the restroom at the the wedding. Yes. (laughs) So baby Suri is in the restroom crying and like everyone at this party is just hearing a baby cry and they're like that must be Suri. But so, we don't give a fuck. She's yeah. an adult. <laughs> so Leah's like what's going on? You know so she goes into the restroom to look and she says I think there's like three people like just looking at Suri on the floor. <laughs> just saying Suri. 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 As, as an adult like <laughs> as you would talk to an adult like to snap out of it. Suri. Suri. Stop it. Suri. <laughs> And Leah's like, what are you guys doing? Like, pick the baby up. Or, you know, she's probably hungry. Does she need change? And they're mm-hmm. like, they're like, oh, she's probably hungry, but the bottle needs warmed up. And she's like, we're in a fucking restaurant. Like, warm up the bottle. It's so- Tom Cruise's child. They'll fucking warm up the bottle if you was in an igloo. <laughs> yeah, so Leah warms up the bottle, comes back, gives it to them. And it's... So when... I don't know. I get Katie Holmes was in the religion at this time, but you dirty bitch. Like at the time, Leah's the one who's helping your child mm-hmm. and you're going to write that about her. Yeah. Like uh, she stuck her nose where it really wasn't needed and made it the whole situation uncomfortable. Fuck out of here. Your baby crying loud as hell while I'm trying to eat my meal is uncomfortable. Yeah. 
and they were mad at her for switching seats, saying the wedding was ruined and was running late because of her. And, like, imagine that. Like, it's running late just because Leah Remini's not there. Like, she's that close of friends with Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes. I don't think so. Yes, it was terrible. And at first, Leah tries to fight everything. But then she does start to believe maybe she did wrong. And she knows if she fights too much, it's going to make stuff bad for her and her family members who are in Scientology. Also, she won't be able to keep moving up. So after four months of auditing and $300,000 and just admitting to whatever they want her to say, she's free to go home. Yep, yep. And Leah's not allowed to talk about this to anyone, like what she's being audited about, not even her husband. She says that at this time she felt really lonely just because she could not open up to anybody. And when she's, when she's doing this auditing thing, this period of time was her hiatus from King of Queens. Like they went on a break from shooting before the new season or whatever. So she's doing all this shit on her essential, her break, her days off. For 12 she, hours a day. Yeah, she should be in her home state with her family. But instead, she's trying to make amends for shit that she didn't even do. That, that's what's crazy to me. In 2010, Leah is approached to join the TV show, The Talk. Talk about things I had completely fucking wiped from my memory. <laughs> and then when she said I joined the talk, I, I was in the middle. I was in the middle of my job. I said, <gasps> <laughs> my boss said, Katrina, are you okay? I said, oh, I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> I said, I had to hear about this one. And she's with Julie Chen, Sarah Gilbert, Sharon Osborne, Holly Ross Robinson, and someone else I forgot. Anyways. Wait, hold on. Yes. Now we got to say it because you're going to make me. Julie Chin, Sharon Osborne, Holly Robinson, and Sarah Gilbert. In her, it's five. That's it. Was there not one more? Okay. There was some switch ups, but not not now. That was the original lineup. Okay. Leah struggled a little on the talk with how producers did or didn't want them to talk about things. When Craig Ferguson's publicist said, don't ask him about his personal life, Leah just chose not to talk since she couldn't ask anything she wanted to. Mm -hmm. She said there was nothing that she could relate to to talk to him about if there's nothing personal. Um, She she was kind of throwing the temper tantrum, but I understand what she was saying, though. Yeah. (laughs) Sharon and Julie didn't really get along, both pretty much having a pissing contest, which Sarah Gilbert came up with the show. Sharon Osborne is just like, thinks she's top shit because she was Aussie's whatever. And yeah. Julie Chen was married or is still married to what's the president his name? of CBS of which the talk was on. So she knew she was low key hot shit. Yeah. So that's why like she said that Sarah Gilbert was just like, didn't want to cause any waves. So it's like these two were trying to be like, who's the boss of the show type of thing. Yeah, but that's so embarrassing on Sarah Gilbert's behalf. Like, honestly, really disappointing. I can see it, though. I can, too. But, girl, what's the point of you even coming up with something if you ain't going to stand beside or behind it or anything? I mean, show some backbone. Show that you care. Show that you you created this show for a purpose. If not, bitch, step down. You don't need to be the the producer, obviously, because you can't produce anything. You like to be quiet. Yeah, how you to be quiet when you have a show called The Talk? Uh-huh. And, and honestly, Julie Chen and Sharon Osbourne, the only 
competition they need to have is which fucking husband is the worst? I'll answer <laughs> that. It's Julie's, but the point is that they both suck. Yeah. Leah tries to mediate it so Sharon wouldn't leave because Sharon was talking about leaving all the time. And mm-hmm. she wanted to talk to work and be successful. Yet, even though she was going to bat for Sharon, Sharon, Sharon wasn't going to bat for Leah. Calling her out over email Leah sent about wanting to come together and make season two more better and positive. And it, she like wrote the email in the book and it's, it wasn't a bad email. It's just pretty much that. And Sharon was always inconsistent with Leah, sometimes being friends, sometimes being enemies. But at this lunch, she says she, she says, why would Leah send an email about being positive when she's the most negative? And Leah's saying she just cares and they go back and forth and Sharon calling Leah a loser and saying she only has that going on in her life. Leah telling her to back down before she smashes a glass of iced tea over her head. Yeah. And, and that's so, oh sorry. Go ahead. I'm gonna say Sharon Osborne, like if you call somebody a loser, it makes no sense. Leah is and was an actress acting on a TV show for a multitude of years and and other things. Sharon Osborne is famous for marrying Ozzy Osborne and then being on reality TV for a decade plus. So bitch. You were judging talent that you didn't have, and then, has and then you were always, moderating on a t- on a TV show of which you were unqualified for. Who is really the loser? Like it's only loser people who team up with people that they don't like to get other people out, and that's exactly what Sharon did. She knew she was low on the totem pole, and that eventually she kept talking shit. She was going to get kicked out, so she joined forces with the head honcho and said, "Well, let me stop fighting you." So I can actually be with you and have some sort of control over how I'm viewed and seen. It's like, girl, she is one of the worst. I used to like Sharon Osbourne, too, until all this stuff happened. I knew I was like, you are so wrong. Why the fuck are you watching this old, rude, mean, white British lady? Yeah, I used to like Sharon, too. But you kind of see, like, in Charm School, you can see, like, she did look down on those girls. Like, Okay, I get why you look down on them because, you know, they're in Charm School type of thing. But if you compare, like, Monique as the headmaster of Charm School and Sharon, it's two totally different vibes. Yes, like, they were both shooting a trashy reality TV show, but, like, Monique was earnest and actually trying to low-key help these ladies out way more than Sharon. Yeah, Sharon has always given me, like, she's trash, but she thinks she's so much better than everyone else. Yes. So, yeah, that loser thing was so out of context. And, I mean, can you really say that, yeah, Leah maybe not had as many opportunities as Sharon, but I feel like Leah's more talented. Oh, 100%. And and it's not even mentioned that this was the, and it wasn't a lot of downtime either, but this was the first thing Leah jumped on after King and Queens, the King of Queens ended. Yeah. Like a year later, she was on the talk. So it's not like... She wasn't doing shit, and she wasn't like you know her face wasn't anywhere. I mean, she got a new gig, and then you you bitch ass try to boot it from her because I think people know the breakdown of who's more popular, who's laughing at who, who likes who, and I think honestly, Sharon was getting very demanding. Uh, probably didn't know that Leah was trying to bat for her as much as she was, but she started to get so demanding to the point where even she's like. Man, if I don't get a big stake into this shit, they are going to kick me out. 
And so she turned all the girls against Leah and then therefore Holly, because Holly was a level-headed person who saw what Leah was talking about and wanted everybody on the same page. And these and bitches were catty. I watched season one of the talk, but after Holly and Leah were let go after season one, I stopped watching. Yeah, I, uh, pretty much me too. I, I didn't even really watch the talk that much, but I did watch a little bit of it, but because of Sarah Gilbert, because I did like Roseanne. I like Sarah Gilbert. She's she's a part of the Alphabet Gang. You got Leah Remy, who I loved her, and then Holly Robinson Pete, who I loved as well. So those were my three people who I was watching the talk for if I did watch it. And then you got rid of two of them. And I was just like, well, what's even the point? I could watch the view. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Leah and Hollywood both be let go with Leah thinks Sharon had something to do with it. Sharon calling them ghetto and going to other shows to diss them whenever they need a rating, their ratings bumped up. Absolutely pissed me off. I remember that too. Yeah. And I remember when Sharon left the talk, like years after this happened, this comment of being called ghetto came up again by Holly Robertson Pete. And mm -hmm. I think Sharon like denied it or something. Like I, I that might not be a hundred percent true. Like I'm trying to go off memory, but I remember it like was resurfacing. It's like it was never said or something. I don't know if she said it or people were just saying it. I just remember she she didn't want to take account for she didn't want to take accountability. Period. Yeah. She was either saying it wasn't said or she was trying to explain it off in a dumbass way. Yeah. Uh, Leah says towards the end of this chapter she wants to spill all the details, but after reading it, bad she decided not to badmouth them because that's what they wanted. But she does admit she could be an asshole when defending herself and other co-hosts, and her humor could rub people the wrong way. Yeah, I, I understand that. But Leah is giving herself, she's, she's, I don't know, She I think she's a little bit more harder on her than herself than she needs to be. Because all that could be true. But these are adults. All you have to do is have an open line of communication. And that is what it seemed like Leah wanted. But these girls, like she said, were so um, worried about m claiming their own spot. It it didn't matter if it was to the detriment of the group. Leah was about the group. Some of these other women were about, hey, am I going to be here next year? And Leah, the whole thing, like, you know, The View is like one of the first to do it. So, mm -hmm. of course, the talk comes out and they're being compared to The View. And Leah wanted to be like, what sets us apart from The View? What makes us better from The View? And mm -hmm. They, it's all the conversations she wanted or she thought people would have. Like, okay, of course, not everyone's going to go for the idea she has, but it's like they didn't want to do anything that was like not what the view was already doing. It's like that's stupid. Like, yeah, why not? Why not make yourselves different? Six years after the wedding, Tom and Kate, Katie divorce, and those higher ups who were flirting ended up getting divorced and married to each other. Yeah, sick motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> they so, were the annoying people too in the in the whole story. They really were. Tommy and whatever her name was. I don't remember. I don't either. Yeah, but she really pissed me off throughout throughout those chapters. Mm -hmm. So Leah sees this as she was right. She would she went through hell on reporting inappropriateness, spent money, so she wants the money credited to her. And she has to make sure she does not save refund because asking for a refund makes you an SP and Scienti Scientologists don't give refunds to SPs. 
Yes, just that <laughs> scene. That scene, like the back and forth, like uh, you know, I spent X amount. I would like that credited to my account. Are you asking for a refund? No, I'm just asking for my accounting uh, history and for that to be credited. Well, just make sure that you're not asking for a refund because you know what that would mean. If you're asking for a refund, I would have to question if if you're all aligned with uh, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I was like, God damn, they are trying to paint you into a corner to not only take your money, but exile you. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like you have to tiptoe on what words you can and cannot say. Because as soon as she, if she were to say refund and so credited, it would be like, Ah, got you. And I feel like immediately they would have tried to get her. Uh-huh. Oh, you just, she said the R word. Hit the bell, bitches. Uh-huh. <laughs> get this bitch out. Security. Yeah, they have like, a different. God damn. Yeah. Um, now that Katie Holmes is considered an SP, she can get her report thrown out. Leo can. But then Leah starts thinking about what about all these regular people who don't have money as celebrity does? What about them and the... And why is it that higher ups never get in trouble or told out? Also, where the hell is Shelly? At this point, you know, it's been six years. Where is Shelly? I ain't Shelley? seen that bitch in forever. Yeah, no one has seen her. She's not even allowed to ask where she's at, where she's been, what's her phone number. She tries to give a note to be passed along to Shelly. And they're like, no, it, it wasn't appropriate. And then the second one was like, no, it seemed like it was negative energy or something. Yes, like oh, she's oh, you're it's, it shows sarcasm. Yeah, <laughs> and reports are being made about Leah asking about Shelly, and Leah's like, they don't have to report me. I'm telling you right now, where's Shelly? Like, <laughs> like they're trying to get her caught up on this, and she's saying like, I'm not doing anything wrong by asking mm-hmm. about Shelly. I'm allowed to ask where Shelly is, and they're like, you can't ask about hire about David's wife because he outranks you. Blah blah blah, and it's like. No, I want to know where Shelly is. Is she safe? Can I see her? Yep. It's just constantly moving the goalpost of what you can and cannot say and what you can and cannot do. It's You just, you can't win. And Leah does actually end up talking to people who have left Scientology, which is a huge thing. You know, that's an SP. You can't talk to them. And they tell her about bad stuff that happens in the hole how they hit people or humiliate them or make, make them lick dirty restroom floors. Mm-hmm. And the more she looks into it, the more she's finding out. And the higher ups are telling her she needs to stop. And her mom and her mom's new husband, so her new stepdad is being brought in and they are just asking questions about Leah and saying Leah's going down a dark path. They even try to lie and like say that we offered Leah to move up, but she doesn't want that. Yes. <laughs> she was away. She said, oh, I didn't know about this offer. I would have definitely <laughs> taken it. And then she about, remember, Stefan and Tanya from earlier in the story. Um, yeah. She Tanya alleges that she was held in a place called Gold, which is believed where Shelly's being held at. And she had to escape by jumping an eight-foot wall topped with razor wire. But then Scientologists found her walking and returned her and put her into isolation. And Stefan was able to get Tanya out by sneaking a phone in a Victoria's Secret box that he knew the guards wouldn't open because it would be like inappropriate for them to look at lingerie. Mm-hmm. And then she, you know, climbs the wall again, the barbed wire wall, and is able to escape with her husband. But that is so crazy. Like, you guys are holding people prisoners? You're not in prison, but you literally can't leave on your own volition. That is crazy to me. You have yes. to escape 
and you are in prison. And why is there a barbed wire fence? Ah, uh, for for some reason I forgot about that. But yeah, what the fuck is that about? Yeah, How? it's crazy to think that they keep people here as as prisoners. But even more crazy that somehow, just based off whatever she was doing or thinking or wanting to do, the uh, chairman's wife could also possibly be prison imprisoned somewhere. And the horrible thing with Shelley is they say that. She could either be imprisoned or maybe she is being punished. Maybe she is in the hole being humiliated or be, or we don't know. It could be a possibility of things, but in Shelly's mind, since she's so into it, she could think like she shouldn't leave. Like she's brain so much brainwashed that she's staying there. Yeah, maybe. I honestly think Shelly is dead or imprisoned, but I tell you this, we will never find out what happened to Shelly until David die. Yeah. Ain't nobody gonna say nothing to nobody, and that is it. Makes me I I I be thinking about that sometimes at night. Like this man really just disappeared his wife, and nobody. I mean, people are questioning it, but the authorities are not questioning it. <laughs> nobody well, is really looking into this as far as like where is this actual woman who has seen this actual woman. And why is she deciding or uh, the religion or group her husband is deciding for her not to be seen? And Leah does finally decide to step away from Scientology. And you can step away from Scientology without being an SP. You can just stop taking courses and doing that kind of stuff. But Leah knows she has to close that door and she needs to find Shelly. So what she does is she files a missing persons report and that makes her an SP. The police say they talked to Shelly's attorney, but can no longer discuss it with Leah. And mm. Leah's like, what are you talking about? I filed this report and you can't talk to me about it. And they said, no, Shelly does not want to be found. And Okay, but Shelly has not been seen publicly since 2007. Yeah, because and, Shelly is not in control of whether she can be seen publicly, allegedly. Yeah, I looked it up before this episode, and I she's still not been seen. No, I mean, old dude, uh, Gerard Carmichael made that joke at the Golden Globes this, this year. About <laughs> basically, when, I forgot what it was, but it was basically alluding to where the fuck is Shelly Miskovich? I, I saw that, I think... Tom Cruise like returned three of his Academy Awards or something, or won three Academy Awards or something, and he said like maybe we can transfer that, trade that for the freedom of Shelley. Oh or yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I tell you, the yeah, you can't convince me that Scientology ain't a cult. No, you know I had to stop watching The Handmaid's Tale because that actress is in there, and she's a Scientologist. So many and. and that- that's I'm why not, I stopped watching. I'm not saying there's any relationship relation, but you know who also was a Scientologist? Who or still is? Danny Masterson. He is. He is. Laura Prepon. She left. I know, but she was. I know, but I was like, no, not Laura. And then when I saw she left, I'm like, yes. Who? There's a few others too. Tom Cruise. Well, I know, but I was trying to think because you. Percy Alley. Oh yeah, Kirstie Alley, Elizabeth Moss, Moss, you just named. Kirstie Alley one kind of surprised me, but kind of didn't. You know, I kind of, I mean, if it wasn't "Look Who's Talking" and "Cheers," I wouldn't really check him for Kirstie. But after what she said about Leah, I mean, I take my R.I.P. back. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
first, yeah, she was from Look Who's Talking. She was like one of my favorite actresses as a kid, and she just became such a vile, vile lady. Um, yeah. And there, Will and Jada have been rumored to be in Scientology. I think they might have took courses, or maybe it's just like the PR move that Scientology did to make it seem like they were involved, as we can see in this book. Yeah, they but, look like they would have tried it out and then figured out maybe it wasn't the right thing for them. But if they were like real close to Tom for a while, right? I think so. So I think they probably dabbled for a second, but they, they didn't commit. No. Um, Scientologists is, don't smack like that. <laughs> <laughs> Leah is very fortunate that her whole family have decided to leave Scientology. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to talk to them. She was afraid of losing Jennifer Lopez as a friend since JLo's father is a Scientologist, mm -hmm. but JLo shut that down. And honestly, sometimes JLo gives me bad vibes, but anytime she's with Leah or Leah talks about her, it's like the best PR she can have ever. So, if, like, if Jayla's ever in a scandal, like, just do an interview with Leah and everyone's going to love her again. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I got to the end of the book. I said, damn, Leah, you're going to make me like J-Lo. Uh-huh. I, I was just thinking, I got to watch Monster again. Not Monster. Oh, what my. Is it? Enough. And Monster Enough. And Monster. <laughs> the funny thing is, I knew exactly what you meant when you just said Monster. <laughs> You know what's so funny? Low-key, <laughs> Jennifer was shading Leah's other friends of family and didn't even know it, though. I didn't mean to laugh when it came to that part, but when Leah's like, well, she went to Jennifer's house to break the news to her about her being an SP and maybe her having to disconnect. And she's like, yeah, I, I understand, uh, Jennifer. You got to do what you got to do, especially since you're your father's a Scientologist or whatever. And Jennifer says, he would never. <laughs> <laughs> like, he would never disconnect from me. Uh -huh. <laughs> and Leah's like, oh, that's great. But in her head, she's thinking about all the people who was, like, saying that and left her ass in the dust. <laughs> that is true. Because she, a lot of the people, when, you know, she knew it was coming, that she's about uh, disconnecting all that. People were writing her like, oh, we would not disconnect from you. And then they would be like, you died, get this handled. And then I can't talk to you anymore. Yeah. It's also like, why did you even make the effort of making me think that we were actually really good friends? If you knew that what could happen would happen. And then you would just so clearly drop me on my ass. Yeah. Leah. are insincere. <laughs> Leah even said that she's the one who started like blocking people because she was like so tired of getting that message of I can't talk to you. Yeah, how depressing is it to, like, you you see your friends are calling and texting you, but it's literally to break up. Yeah, she said one woman was, like, her friend for, I don't know how long she said, but, like, years and years, like, mm -hmm. they grew up together type of thing. And Their kids like, grew up together, too. Uh-huh. And um, then that one bitch she introduced into Scientology <laughs> was like, these motherfuckers can't tell me what to do. And then Leo was like, yeah, I never heard from that bitch again either. <laughs> um, some things I didn't mention, but I do want to mention now is when she's being questioned about all this, there's, I think his name was Shane, and he's like yes. trying to tell her, what does Al Ron Hubbard say? What does Al Ron Hubbard say about that? And Leah tells him, like, I outrank you. Like, I'm higher up on the bridge than you. Like, you don't have to tell me what Al Ron Hubbard says. I did she it. Said, I know this shit backwards and forwards. 
And yeah, and then he was at their house, Angelo's and Leah's, and I think he calls her a bitch. And yes. Angelo, he closes that door and he's like about to punch him. He's like, you apologize to her. You don't call her a bitch. I'm like, you go, Angelo. Because they tried to say that they had answers to her questions, but they really didn't. Yeah, that was like a repeated thing that kept happening. Like either mm -hmm. we have answers or you just got to come down for something fun or whatever. And then it's like, ha, got you. We're doing 12 hours of, <laughs> of you confessing things. Yep, exactly. We're looking inside yourself today. Um, to see why where, you answer those uh, why you ask those questions anyway that's where the book ends she does have a documentary series about people leaving scientology if people are interested in that so they can learn more about scientology i have watched it years ago when it first came out and it's very interesting while writing this script out i was trying to like look up her mom's name because I, she didn't like Either she mentioned it like once or she barely mentioned it. So I looked up her mom's name and then when I went to look up her dad's name, the first website that popped up, it was like a, a website bashing Leah Remini, you know, having all those things like what her father said about her, what they said about her. Mm. And it's a fucking Scientology website. Mm. And, which is something she says in her book that they're going to do. They're going to discredit her. And it's, it's just so crazy. Like in the series... She says it kind of in here, like she alludes to it, but like they have, you know, people will follow you. People would like try to intimidate you, harass you. And it's yep. so crazy. Oh, um, yeah. And then that one part when she's talking about how she was with uh, Dancing with the Stars, the, she was on the Dancing with the Stars cast right after leaving Scientology. And how in just one of the like packages right before their dance, she's just like, you know, I'm having a hard time with some stuff and I got people like watching me and looking over who don't want me to succeed and stuff like that. And the Church of Scientology, you know, puts out this fucking uh, fucking what what do I want to call it? This, this rude ass, shady ass message like we we honestly don't care about Leah Remy uh, winning Dancing with the Stars. We are not trying to stand in her way type of thing like. We're not even bothered by her, but girl, you spent the time to talk uh -huh. about it. Seems like you're pretty worried about it. She's talking about in her life period. Uh, just because she was a part of Scientology don't mean you was her whole life. Jesus Christ. She was probably talking about her marriage or her, her <laughs> fucking badass kids. You don't know what the fuck she was talking about, David. Yeah, it's, it's just so absurd that just how out of their way they go to discredit her and you know, what's her face? What is her name? The fat actress lady. Um, Kirstie Alley? Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I don't mean that to body shame her. That was her show. This, yeah, she did have a show called Fat Actress. Yeah. I'm not body shaming her. <laughs> it was just the way that you said it. I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant. <laughs> the fatty, though. <laughs> that big piggy bitch. I get you. I can say it because I'm fat. <laughs> Um, but she's like one of the main ones who's like out there calling Leah a bigot, saying she's just against her religion. And it's like, girl, shut up. Because she got to be the most uh, well known Scientologist actress now. Leah was uh, definitely kicking her ass in that. Yeah, I think what they wanted. She wanted was acceptance. Tom, Tom Cruise was up there, and now they had another star who was like big because when they introduced her to Tom, it was like kind of like her heyday of Tina Queens. Yeah. So it's like, oh, we got another one up here that's going to be big. And she just asked too many of the wrong questions. Or Yeah, I think so. Leah's problem was that 
she wasn't okay with the higher ups being hypocrites. Like if she could have been a hypocrite and just been like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna live this life and everyone's to cater to me. Like she would have still been in Scientology because the only reason she got, she laughed or got kicked out, that could be debated, but it's because she was questioning these things that they were doing wrong. Yeah, but it's all based off what they had taught her from the beginning. Uh-huh. Like I That's... said, they didn't teach her the rule of the chosen one, though. If you're one of the chosen ones, you can do whatever the fuck you want. And that's what she was trying to tell them. Like, I'm not going against the word of L. Ron Hubbard. I'm going against the higher-ups on this. Who are doing whatever they want. Yeah, I, I just feel like some of the qualities that made Leah a terrible fit for Scientology made her the perfect fit for Scientology and is the reason why she accepted it and also the reason why she got kicked out. She's just very strong-willed. She's very open and friendly and very questioning she just doesn't take she doesn't take yes or no for an answer she she wants and needs an explanation she's a troublemaker she is a troublemaker um but i forgot what we ranked this on what is it uh where the rankings (laughs) um i i would say this is my favorite book honestly she she shot to the top so yeah one out of five stars. Five stars? Five stars. I would five definitely stars. re-listen to this again. Um, Leah's audiobook is great because it sounds... She's talking about herself, but you hear her just tell the whole story for how it is. And you feel like, like you said, you feel like you're there with her, listening to her tell the story. And it's a profound, fucked up one of, like, basically you just trying to fit in in this world and do better and be the best person you can but literally the powers that be won't let you yeah would you reread this book yes i probably do out it would probably take me like a year or i would probably reread parts of it before i got into the series because i definitely want to get into the series but yes, mm. I definitely would. I yeah, I, where this is my I technically read it two times because we took a break from doing this, so it's my third time rereading it. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but, it was sometimes we didn't know when this book episode was gonna come out. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, I don't remember everything now. Um, so I would reread it again, though. And she has a record? podcast. I'm just reading, so oh, I she might does. even uh, might even listen to the podcast then instead. Yeah, if she wants a song, we'll go. I guess. It's Leah, girl, girl, Leah, Leah, girl. You know you want a song. I might find some time. I switch a few things around. Would you recommend this to anybody? I definitely would. I definitely would. In fact, I would probably, I mean, they probably take it as a slight, but I would even more uh, suggest this to people in my life who have been in religion for a long time or were in uh like organized religion for a long time yeah i was reading this through my cult phase and it it's just such an amazing book i i love that there's no part in this book that i was bored i think everything that she tells she tells in an interesting way and she's funny about it even when she's like talking about a a random waitressing job or she said like she was an assistant but she wasn't good at it or she was a typer but she wasn't good at it. Yes. 
Like she tells it funny, and my favorite thing that I don't think a lot of people on memoirs do is she's very self-critical. She she calls herself out that this is my fault, and maybe like you said, maybe she does it too much to her fault. But I love that she can see that in herself that you know maybe I was wrong, maybe or when she saw Julie Chen like years later, she hugged her and said, "I apologize for my part in it." Like she didn't have to apologize for anything, but she realizes. You know, there's always a back and forth in the argument. There's not 100% right and wrong. So she apologized for her part. Mm -hmm. And that I will say, when I think about Leah Remini, like before, I assume that she was one of those takes no shit, doesn't back down, doesn't apologize for anything. But rereading the book, like you said, she's very self-critical and she is very like aware of her shortcomings of where she could be better, do better, even when sometimes it's not even her fault. And that's something I really didn't see uh, until getting this book. And I definitely uh, would never have ever have ever have ever fucking apologized to Julie motherfucking Chin ever in my life. No. No, she didn't deserve it. Julie, Julie Chin is not, she, she, she now at least two, uh, two points at least as I could count them not being on the right side of history <laughs> two big points two big big ass points mm -hmm. Um, so I think the only thing we have left and I forgot to remind you so I don't know if you have one but what? your pick for our next book okay so I do not have a pick for our next book yet I, I didn't know if we were going to do the swarm thing like you mentioned. Oh, well, if that's your pick. I don't know. <laughs> we said we were going to talk about this. Well. You know what? Too cold as ice. Do I have to put it in right now? Can I announce it later? Can I you guess you can. I'm, I'm sorry, listeners, but we will have to announce. I am so fucking done with I'm sorry, listeners. I'm sorry. Like that you, you set I'm, me up. You I'm said. sorry, listeners, that all Katrina had to do on this episode was give her uh, opinions and she forgot her one homework you said, assignment. You said that we were going to talk about, you, you said we we're going to talk about if we're going to do Swarm instead of a book. And I said, sure, we can do that. And then you never said anything again. And you never fucking said anything ever again. And then you're going to put this on me right now at the end. Well, you knew it was coming. Yeah, but I didn't know we was going to really say something. Ooh, the, the messed up thing is that I got to stick with it. <laughs> we could decide later if you want. No, I want to decide right now. The listeners would understand. No, they will never understand. <laughs> Damn, I wish that was early. Some of these are so old, I don't want to... And then the one I really want to do, I just know if I do it, it's going to be a two-fucking-hour episode. Which one is that? Cicely Tyson. Really? I love Cicely Tyson. I don't... But... Like, no offense to her, but I don't know how interesting that would be. And I don't mean that in a she's boring kind of way. I just don't know anything about her personal life. Oh, she... I think you're underestimating it, but I think I'm going to do a curveball. Okay. Oh, Lord. This came out this year? 
Can I buy it? Okay, it's going to be Pamela Anderson's memoir called shit. What the fuck is it called? Love Pam. <laughs> Love Pamela. <laughs> I knew it was something like that. I was like, he's close, but he's not right. Let me hurry up and fucking scroll. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, love Pammy. Love Pamela by Pamela Anderson. Her memoir. I think this would be a nice, interesting read. She's had her fair amount of scandals. Uh, she's also been uh, with a couple of assholes as well. She's been misunderstood as well. So I think this would be a good book to read. The only thing I know about Pamela is that she's a longtime vegetarian and vegan. So. I'm happy to read this book. Hopefully she mentioned something. Sure, she has to. She has she to mention has a PETA to. story. Uh, this is what I stopped eating meat story. Or this is why I kept being a vegan vegetarian story. It's at least one in there. If not, one star. <laughs> oh, <laughs> guys will find out later in the month. I I wonder how her audible version would be. Yeah, because okay. I honestly did not confirm if this had a audiobook. But oh my goodness, have you see. have you done one without the audio version yet? Because I know you usually listen like the when only you're working. other yeah. The only other book I did was another one of my picks was the Rain Pryor book. I did that on Kindle. Oh, and so, you, Tucker Max, you did audio, right? Yes, Tucker Max, I did audio. Okay, I'm excited for this one. We're not excited, excited, but. Excited as an I don't know what to expect type of excited. <laughs> Not excited like you made a good choice. <laughs> excited with my own excitement of which I had excited. Yes, that kind of excitement. Can't stand you. Well, That's another one episode. in the books. Another one for your bookshelf. Let us know if you read it. Um, if you haven't read it, I suggest still reading it because I did leave some things out. And it's just funnier coming from Leah. Yeah, mm-hmm. just like her beef with Brooke Shields or an interview she did. Like she just has interesting stories in there. But that's all. It's been wonderful. Bye. Say ya, say ya.